everyone, and you're listening to Poldark Podcast. We are a podcast dedicated to the discussion of the hit BBC show Poldark, as well as the novels the show is based on by Winston Graham. This podcast is the first in our Poldark Nest podcast. So we are going to try and fit that hole in your life by bringing you a series of discussions on the books and show you love. This episode is called The Women of Poldark, and we will be talking about wonderful women in the Poldark universe, uh, from Demelza, the queen of the fandom, right down to Ginny, the lowly servant girl who serves the Nampara Poldarks. Uh, we will also be announcing our 2016 holiday giveaway. Yay! Uh, my name is Michelle. Uh, I am in the States. I blog at Poldark Muses. That's Poldark, M-M-M-U-S-E-S. And I tweet at Musings, M-M-M-U-S-I-N-G-S. And my favorite female character, aside from Demelza, um, yeah, no Demelza. is Margaret. Hello, my name is Belinda. Hello again. <laughs> I live in France. I vlog at British Place on Tumblr. I tweet at Delenda Dia. And uh, my favorite female character, besides Demelza, obviously, is Verity. Hi, my name is Rita. I live in the UK. I blog at Princess of Poldark and tweet at Rita Bites. And my favorite female character is Caroline Penvenon. And uh, our friend Rita here has a bit of a sore throat, so she'll be piping in um, as she's able. Um, so you'll just have to suffer through with um, myself and, and Delinda. And me. Uh, yes, uh, for our podcast today. I'm sure they'll be fine. Um, let's get start off with our general discussion. I think Winston wrote a bunch of varied, complex female characters. Do you guys agree or disagree? Um, I very much agree with that. Um, it's one of the first things I noticed about the books. Um, and you know, from a, a show perspective, uh, what a fantastic opportunity for young and upcoming actresses to uh, really uh, stretch their wings with some uh, great content and uh, work those acting chops. And Winston was really ahead of the curve in the way he managed to create so many different and distinct female voices in his work. When you think about it, other shows in 2016, they're just sort of catching up to this. It's not really a skill a lot of male writers working today have really mastered, but he gave his women agency and still reflected the fact that they lived in a male-dominated world in the 18th century. I personally um, admire him and his writing, and uh, even though it was um, sometimes controversial, um, I admire how he managed to write uh, for all kinds of women of all ages and um, at that particular time. So in terms of the individual characters, let's discuss them. Um, obviously, Queen Demelza, she is probably the best character in the series. When you think about the transformation she goes on from... She starts off as street urchin. She's half-starved and beaten by her father. And she's raising six younger brothers from the age of eight. And then slowly she she uh, transforms into a genteel lady, entertaining dukes and charming nobility. And that's an insane journey. She literally went from the bottom of the pile to the top. And um, the way she's written is really funny clever she's so full of wisdom just a joy to read and watch on screen 
Like, she has the best quotes in the entire series. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been uh, going through um, some of the, the books lately, and um, there's a part where Caroline winds up having to, to give Ross a kind of a coming to Jesus conversation mm-hmm. in... Um, and the the charm that Demelza has, the the freedom, the 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 naturalness that she has, is something that draws um, all of the male characters um, that uh, she comes into contact with. Um, and actually, now that I remember, this was actually in, from uh, Angry Tide. I'm, I'm not going to say anything more because don't want to be doing any spoilery kind of things. But, um, you know, it is it is a characteristic that Demelza has that basically draws uh, people to her, both uh, men and women. I personally think that this character is a gift, not only a gift to um, the readers, the fans of the books, uh, for Eleanor Tomlinson, the viewers, and uh, I understand um, why she was uh, instantly attracted to the part, even though she initially auditioned for Elizabeth. I think that she's such a um, such an iconic character, and even though she is an appearance drama, she is an inspiration for modern women audiences. And uh, I wish she was real so she could be like everyone's bestie, because um, mm-hmm. she uh, she's so amazing and uh, spontaneous and uh, unapologetic. And um, like we said, uh, her evolution is uh, another iconic element of the story. And uh, I think that Eleanor Tomlinson has been uh, has been blessed and uh, has blessed us with her um, interpretation of uh, Demelza. So Demelza's our fave, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I think it would be Honestly. safe to say. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Poldark, of course, uh, possibly and probably one of the most controversial characters in the book and the the series, uh, especially when it comes to fandom drama. And that's all I'm going to say about that <laughs> right now. Um, um, Elizabeth's character was softened uh, from the books to provide the viewers of the series uh, a more compelling reason for Ross to still have uh, such deep feelings for her once he has uh, realized uh, his love for Demelza. Um, But this is not the first time the character has had uh, tweaks made to it. Um, Graham himself opted to omit sections of the original uh, first edition text from the future books as well. And uh, if you have a chance to to read some of those, uh, you'll see why, because... um, and I apologize, I have a couple of kittens that decided that a box is fun to play with. Um, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> the um, the way that she is written in those omitted uh, sections is uh, pretty harsh. And so uh, it's the, the character was indeed softened uh, in the original materials. Um, it's my personal opinion that uh, they took it a little too far in this recent series um, and made the two women, both Elizabeth and Demelza, um, not quite besties, but um, uh, close enough to share um, moments that were pretty um, surprising um, with one another. And I'm specifically thinking of the, the moment during this most recent series where Demelza admits that she is pregnant again to Elizabeth. Now, you know, I've, since I've had a chance to get away from the, 
the show, um, I think that that admission was probably something that Demelza just blurted, not thinking about who she was talking to. But, um, um, you know, it was just a um, excited outburst that that happened and not something that it was intended. Um, but uh, I do have to say that I appreciated uh, the decision to to make Elizabeth's character a little more fully formed uh, in the series because the the way the characters written in the books is pretty one dimensional. Guys, what do you think? A part of me disagrees with that because I think that you can make Elizabeth a fully formed character without making her as wishy washy as the the characterization in the series is. I think sometimes they leaned too heavily on trying to make her likable rather than trying to make her her actions make sense. I totally agree with that. Totally. She's actually more interesting in some regards in the books. Not entirely, but I think you can have an interesting, more villainous character because some of her actions were just reprehensible, but they were painted as if she was some sweet, innocent little... <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah that's how I feel I just I mean it's it's interesting the dis- I know why they had to insert more characterization there because it's pretty sparse in the novels but the way it was done sometimes missed the mark for me what about you Delinda? Um, I think um, when talking about the antagonistic characters in Paul Dark we um, immediately think about George but to me and that's just my personal opinion. I think Elizabeth is um, as antagonistic, if not more, um, because uh, she they tried to make her likable. And uh, I I didn't read uh, the first two books, um, Ross and Demelza, but um, having read Jeremy Poldark and Warlegan, it's pretty clear that she doesn't really care about Demelza. And the fact that they tried to make her not likable, but... Um, I mean, uh, like, not <laughs> making us detest her, like, not making her, like, uh, hate her. And I think it was um, kind of clumsy on their part because uh, it actually made her um, <clears throat> her later actions uh, regarding the incidents and everything even more reprehensible because um, that just showed how how she doesn't respect Demelza. And so I, I just can't feel sorry for her. And... Um, yeah, she she's not a tragic character, but she's just uh, yeah. I just can't feel anything. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's move on. She's just no. <laughs> um, I will say I I will say one thing. Um, and I know that this is something that has been brought up before that um she is uh supposed to represent kind of the um the the way women were uh viewed and treated within the 18th the late 18th century um you know not having the um ability or agency to to uh, make decisions uh in their life um and um i think that they probably nailed that way too hard um <laughs> in making her so indecisive about everything and you know even uh to the point where 
you know, she talks about the fact that, you know, her son is the reason why she does, you know, everything that she does, um, you know, including marrying George. You know, when push comes to shove and George is starting to uh, strip Trenwith of all memory of Francis, uh, talking about sending Jeffrey Charles away to school at Harrow. Um, you know, these are all opportunities where, you know, she had the, the chance to stand up for this son that she says she loves so much. And yet she still continues to not do anything. And so uh, that is probably the thing that drives me the craziest about uh, this character of Elizabeth Poldark is that she is, as Demelza said, could never uh, make up her mind and never speak her thoughts. And that's really unfortunate. But see, that's my problem. Like she kept, she kept um saying that everything that she did, she was doing it for her child. But the fact that she kept um uh saying that actually made us wonder if she was actually doing it for her child. Mm-hmm. And it's as if she, it's as if she couldn't like own the fact that she was just a selfish woman, mm-hmm. and she just, uh, yeah, she couldn't just uh, admit it. I mean, that, yeah. I think that is a problem with the writing, though. The fact that they would have her stand up and say something like that and try and assert herself, and then the next minute she's like hanging beside windows, completely going back on her word. It's wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's like they couldn't make up their mind like which way they wanted to go with the character, and they just went everywhere. And yeah. some of it read true, and some of it kind of didn't. Yeah. But it's it's. Yeah. It, it's a complex character. Um, mm-hmm. It would be very hard to adapt mm-hmm. that today, the yeah. way that it was written in the North. Yep. Yep. Mm. Agree. So we have Verity Poldark is our, the next person that we have on our list. Mm-hmm. And who doesn't love Verity? I know I do. Mm-hmm. I think the inclusion of the, quote, spinster character was really interesting because it showcases the precarious position women were at the time. Yeah. She's entirely at the mercy of the men in her family. They provide her with financial and social security. Um, but I do worry now after season two and that she's moved out of Chenwith and she has um, a very happy family life of her own. She's going to be somewhat um, inconsequential to the actual plot of the story. I feel like she just pops in and out and <laughs> comes, pops around to Melzer's, gives her some advice, and I feel like it's kind of a waste of such an interesting character now that she <laughs> might not be given the opportunities that other characters are. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they wind up utilizing Verity's character, um, especially in season three. Um, you know, as I remember the material from Black Moon and Four Swans, um, you know, the fact that Verity is living much farther away than she apparently is in the episodes or the, the show, um, She's basically kind of stripped out of the books um, until later uh, when the kids are grown. Um, she becomes more of a, uh, a person to uh, inhabit 
important plot points uh, within the, the later books. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with this character uh, in order to, to keep her involved in this story. You know, clearly we saw a uh, we saw a glimpse of her in the third season uh, clip that they gave us at the end of holding series two, holding her baby. Yeah. Um, so not really sure how they're going to wind up utilizing uh, the character, but it'll be exciting to see. And you know, because Ruby is such a fantastic actress, um, I'm hoping that uh, you know her. Her fine work thus far is, you know, one of the reasons why the the character was was uh, continued in the way that it was this season and hopefully beyond. Well, yeah, everything you said, guys. I mean, Verity, she apart besides Demelda, she's my favorite uh, female character, and um, I think she is so strong. And uh, we couldn't help but feel sorry for her in season one. And uh, personally, she kind of reminds me of. Um, of Lady Edith in uh, Downton Abbey, how she was um, she solely dependent uh, dependent on her on her, her family's uh, money and um, and yeah and how she um, eventually stood up for herself and decided to uh, chase uh, after um, not well not chase but uh, actually fight for what she wanted and um, I am kind of feel sorry that she married. <laughs> Such a shady man, but if she loves, oh come on, guys, shady. <laughs> oh come on, he killed someone. Like, like... yes, yes, but <laughs> it was an accident. Yeah, and we don't have any footage. Okay, <laughs> what? Are we looking for Law and Order uh, Nampara? I'm Is not... that what? Before, which I think would be an awesome show, but you know. Oh, please write the fanfic. <laughs> but yeah, anywho, I think she um like Demelva. <laughs> I wish she was she was real so she could like give me some advice and like um <laughs> be there for me when I need someone. But um squad. <laughs> right? But yeah, I love her and um yeah, I know that uh, in the books we um we don't get to uh, see her that much, so I really, I'm really glad that they, uh, that they include her more in the adaptation because I, I think they are aware <laughs> that uh, Ruby is a gem and um, they yeah. should definitely keep her because we need some, uh, you know, we need some light in the midst of uh, all the drama. Like if her husband stays away, we're cool. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, yes. Caroline. Caroline. Yeah. Okay, so I love <laughs> Caroline. I know, like, I've started every sentence with I love this one. <laughs> I really love Caroline. I think she is really interesting because she's introduced as a counterpoint to a lot of the class warfare in the series. So she's an heiress, and, you know, as viewers and readers, you have certain assumptions based on her class and she sort of lives up to them at first her exterior is that of a spoiled sort of pampered and snobby heiress and you know Graham um, cleverly twisted that on its head through her romance with Joe you get to see her opening up and show her vulnerability she's quite caring and she's charitable and she's a lot of fun like in a miserable series, she showed up and she was just a 
breath of fresh air. So, oh. Caroline, if your cute dresses and your pug. <laughs> Horace, love me some Horace. Uh, yeah, I think that that Caroline uh, is an absolute delight of a character, and um, I think that um, the the way that she uh, blossoms uh, as a fully realized character throughout uh, series two and uh, within the uh, Jeremy and Warlegan uh, books uh, was a, a real delight. Um, I thought that Gabriella played her to perfection um, and am looking forward to the developing friendship uh, between Caroline and Demelza um, that will become one of those lasting friendships uh, that will go on uh, throughout the, the rest of the, the series, uh, all the way through to book 12. So it's, it, I'm, I'm excited, very excited to see this strong um, young woman in the, in the show. Delanda? I, um, I know that Gabriella um, does some modeling, but um, I know that she said um, that she uh, preferred acting over modeling. And uh, when you see how she uh, portrays Caroline, you definitely understand why. Because when you have such a great material to work with, it's, um, it's a blessing. And uh, I think everybody, especially uh, those who haven't read the books, um, when uh, they first met Caroline, they were like, okay, what is, who is this snobbish <laughs> character and what the hell is she doing here? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I actually kind of felt the same when I read the books. I was like, okay, well, no, Dwight, you deserve better. But then as, as I um, progressed in, the, in my reading, I was like, okay, okay, now I get it. <laughs> and um, how she was portrayed that was even better because we we really saw um, on her um, expressions how she portrayed that vulnerability. And um, I think it was you, Rita, um, when we reviewed uh, the first episode, uh, the first time we meet her, she <laughs> wears this really very pink dress and we think she's so shallow when in fact she's um, smart, smart ass. <laughs> and, um, she is, I, she's snarky. Yeah, and um, yeah, I definitely enjoyed her scenes with Dwight this season. They were among my favorites, especially the one in the woods, which we talked about last week when she told him that she didn't know men, blah, blah, blah. And um, yeah, I look forward to more Caroline and um, Dwight in season three. And I hope a, um, I hope they will have a baby, and uh, but not... <laughs> After, after what happened. Um, Wait until marriage kids, especially yeah. in the 18th century. Yeah, she's going to be um, like, she's going to be the kind of mother who's going to like sport child, especially if, uh, if it's a girl. But yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, next up on our list is Pretty Painter. Um her character has really evolved from how she's depicted in the books, and I'm I'm really happy uh, about that. She's become a, mug, a mother figure for Demelza, um, one that you know she's never had, um, and it's clear that she cares for all of the Nampara pole darks like mad. I mean, I, I love the scenes of her with with 
little Jeremy um, hanging on to him and having him just kind of dangle <laughs> um, <laughs> during that that one scene was hilarious. Um, but it's it's lovely to to see how much she's caring for Master Jeremy. Um, uh, Beatty's portrayal has been marvelous, uh, especially like the scenes where she's either taking Ross to task for ignoring uh, her <laughs> mistress uh, or telling Demelza that the the painters protect. Uh, the people that they care for. Um, I'm thinking specifically about the the scene before Demelza goes off to Trenworth, where you know Prudy basically says, you know, they can they can do whatever they want to to the the rest of us folks, but but to the mistress, no, she's the one that that told uh, Ross or or told Judd to to go to town and uh, stir up the rebellion. So um, I have really enjoyed uh, Prudy's involvement uh, back in their household. Um, what do you guys think? I, I absolutely love her. I mean, I, I hated her kind of in season one because she was so mean at first. <laughs> but then, yeah, like uh, you said, she um, she's become not only uh, the mother figure for Demelza, but also... For us, who doesn't have a mother anymore, well, who doesn't have any parents anymore, and um, I just love how she um, she is wise, kind of, and um, <laughs> and yeah, and I think that um, her husband, he is, you know, he's an ass, let's say, and I just love how she is when he's not there. So um, we yeah. know that Phil Davis will not be part of the uh, the show anymore. So um, I hope that we will still get uh, amazing scenes uh, between Pretty and Demelza and Ross. And um, yeah, props to uh, BT for such a um, great season, especially the episode where she thought that her her husband had been killed, <laughs> which was like the Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I want to build a shrine to BT. Like she's amazing, and yeah. everything she's done this season was like amazing. Because she's barely in scenes, but she still manages to steal the show. And mm. like that's how you know you're a good character actress. Like you don't mm. have to have a huge bunch of screen time to develop a character. And speaking of small parts, Ginny, mm-hmm. yeah, her character's taken really uh, quite a bit of a back seat in season two and I miss yeah. her. Um, uh, Gracie O'Brien did a wonderful job portraying Ginny in season one and, and the the whole Jim storyline uh, really touching. Um, my heart just broke for her when, when Jim died and the way that the, that particular episode had opened with her marking off the days until his return uh, was not quite as um gut-wrenching as seeing uh the the two boys ross and um francis running across the beach but um you know you know in hindsight uh that scene of her marking off those days is really pretty poignant and so i hope that her character is um extended in season three because i would i would love to see more of jenny i don't think yeah i had a line this season did she she had a couple of really tiny short lines. She was uh, in episode four, I think, with all the drama, the Romelda oh, yeah. drama. Oh, yes. When, <laughs> yeah. When, <laughs> and um, when Demelza was going to go back out in the, the boat, uh, Demelza mm. basically tells Ginny, you know, and, and, you know, the master won't hear about this, will he? And she's like, no, mistress. 
she, so she that was one of the, really she had one of my um, favorite shots of the season though where um when Ross and Demelza come back from the trial and there's yeah on the beach she runs over and hugs Ross and they just smile yeah. and it's so cute and you're just like do you two even talk to each other in any other scene? <laughs> but this is and then she and then she's saying, you know, stay with us. You know, when uh, Ross and Demelza are getting ready to leave, and and she's asking them to stay and um, celebrate with them. Um, but uh, yeah, I I really hope that we see more of Ginny in season three. I love her and um, the actress Gracie. And mm-hmm. uh, I know that she's a debuting actress, but uh, <laughs> your first job is on this really big show, and your role is kind of a—it's not a, like a small part. Like she really had um, a poignant episode in the, the first season, and uh, I cried when Jim died because mm-hmm. it was so heartbreaking. And and uh, I think she's only like nineteen, something like that. So um, oh, I hope amazing. that we will get to see her. What? She's a baby. She's only. Oh, ah, yeah. Yeah, she's a baby. She's a baby actress. Yeah, I love Jeannie. And by the way, I um, actually interviewed um, Gracie uh, for ah. my blog. Uh, I think it was like uh, in August. So if you guys want to check out on my blog, you go there. Okay. Next one Queen Karen Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Queen, but with Queen? Really? Queen? Really? <laughs> I love her, okay? I will really? defend her with my life. Um, okay. For, okay, for me, personally, okay. Karen is true victim of the patriarchy on this show. Mm-hmm. She is brutalised yeah. and punished for expressing her sexuality. I mean, it's not in a way that most people would approve of, but whatever. Perpetrator of that violence was basically shielded by the people around her, like, effectively forgiven by the community. And society just turned their back on Karen. They just let mm-hmm. her murderer get away. I mean, mm-hmm. whatever your views on adultery, I mean, considering what happened this year, is it yeah. really fair that Karen ended up killed for her actions? Uh, I, I, no, uh, it, it was not. And, you know, I think one of the the reasons why it happened is because she was perceived to be an outsider uh, to their community and never really was accepted. And, um, you know, I think that 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 gave them permission to to basically try and shield Mark from um, any uh, consequences for his actions. Um, I uh, honestly, uh, that whole thing really sickened me uh, that, you know, he was able to to get away with that and that Dwight um, carries the the guilt of Karen's death uh, so deeply on his conscience um, to the point that it impacts his um, decision making when it came to the potential elopement uh, that he had planned with Caroline. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. We have Rosina. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Rosina. Yes. Oh, my God, the fact that her name is Hoblin and she has a lonely yeah. knee, so she hobbles. <laughs> <Just> yeah. <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure he just yeah. picked that last name for the joke. She is adorable. Winston. She's just so cute. Um, she is very cute. I find her hair is just too good for the period. Like, ah. like so curly. Like Taylor Swift early years. That is all I have to say about her. Lamey oh has good hair. This poor thing, unrequited love for Dwight. She has good taste, right? She, yeah, but she stood no chance with Caroline in the in the county. None whatsoever. No, she Hell, not, not, even the, not even the county, the country. Oh, <laughs> I know. She doesn't have the greatest and, history with men. No. And I believe we'll see her again yeah. in future books. You will. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeedy. And that's all we're going to say about that. Mm-hmm. Next up on the list is, and I did not write this. <laughs> I'm going to say that right now. Is Margaret the town hoe. <laughs> Thank you, Rita. Sorry. And you know. I'm a feminist, really. I love Margaret. Um, I think that that she was the yin to poor Karen's yang on the show and in the books, Um, you know, because everybody knows where she comes from. And yet she's managed to make her way into the gentry, you know, through her affairs and her marriages. You know, and I think that um, that there's a part of her that resides in the original character I created for uh, one of my fics called uh, Cottage by the Cops. Although Marjorie was much more discreet in uh, her conquests, um, I think that uh, Crystal uh, Leity, and I apologize if I have just mangled the pronunciation of that, uh, really plays the character with such eyebrow arching sensuality. It's just a delight to see her every time she's on the screen. Love her. She has great dresses, <laughs> she looks amazing. <laughs> Yeah, she does. She's sassy. What's not to love? Exactly. And her hair is always on point. Yes. And she was the first person that wore the fake mole in the shape of a heart thing. Pioneered it. (laughs) And, um, yeah, and I think she's kind of a feminist figure, I mean, for that time. Because, Mm -hmm. um... There weren't men, that many women who actually owned what they actually did for a living, and um, yeah, I think it's kind of uh, admirable how she is. Um, she's not ashamed of uh, what she does for a living, and um, mm-hmm. uh, but it kind of pays off because now she is part of the uh, gentry. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, she has she has arrived. Yeah, she made it. <laughs> yeah. Although I really don't know what Mrs. Chenoweth would uh, say about her. Uh, Nothing nice. <laughs> I mean, as as pissy as she is about Demelza. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, uh, Sally Dexter, uh, the actress that plays uh, Elizabeth's uh, mother, must have thoroughly enjoyed the role as the overbearing, snobbish Mrs. Chenoweth. Sure. Oh, my God. All kinds of, of meaty opportunities for um, dramatic um, <laughs> and, and uh, uh, meaty parts. So uh, I know that she, she really must have enjoyed herself with that. Uh, as far as the character, cannot stand this character. 
I love I mean, her. Yeah. How dare oh. she? She is amazing. <laughs> she is like unintentionally really cruel to her daughter. Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like, true. She's the kind of mother that comes downstairs and is like, isn't that what you're going to wear? <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, I, I just, I, I think I, I am still blaming her for kind of having set the the wheels in motion for this whole stupid uh, love triangle crap that we wind up having to deal with. Uh, you know, she is at the core of Elizabeth's not making up her mind when you think about it. I blame Elizabeth for Elizabeth not making up her mind. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if yeah, fair enough. If her mother hadn't said, um, you know, wouldn't he have been over here by now? Um, That's just common I sense. Think- Elizabeth can make up her mind when Elizabeth wants to make up her mind. You know, you can say whatever you want to her, but if she wants to sleep with Ross, she'll sleep with Ross, even though it's dumb. So it's like she's not incapable of making up her mind. I think the whole. She just, she dithers because she knows that if she waits long enough, somebody else will solve the problem for her. And then she doesn't have to take responsibility for her actions. But this is not about Elizabeth. And I just got off track. Um, <laughs> I just love how, like, snooty she is. And her scenes with George always make me laugh because it's like two terrible people sucking up to each other. It's beautiful. <laughs> I did. I did love that scene where where George is slathering her with with all kinds of compliments, and she just giggles like a schoolgirl. That was marvelous. That was marvelous. Okay, favorite performances. Yeah, we've outlined um, all of the the actresses that that we've actually discussed already uh, today, but uh, these are some of the favorite episodes. Or not episodes, but performances that uh, these actresses have have given uh, over the course of their career. So Eleanor Tomlinson is first on the list. We've got what do you the, think? The Illusionist. She has a tiny role in that. Mm-hmm. Um, that I have blocked out of my mind. You know what? You that's not on this list. <laughs> what needs to be on this list? What Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging, oh. seminal chick flick. Okay, <laughs> it's like if you've ever been a teenage girl in the UK, you have seen that movie. She's oh my gosh, so funny in that, and she. Oh my goodness, I'll have to check it out. Um, check it out. She plays Jazz, so she's the main character's best friend. So you will see some like vintage Eleanor, awesome. um, Jack the Giant Slayer. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good movie, but that's her. She looks good in armor. She plays a princess called Isabel. She has a minor speaking part in Alice in Wonderland. Um, I don't. I don't remember her yeah, in that. She is really tiny. Um, okay. The White Queen. She has a pretty major role in the White Queen. Oh my god, she was amazing. Amazing. I think that was the. That's the first thing that I remember. I love her. Yeah. Her name is also Isabella Knapp, so she has a bit of a... And I guess she's a princess. (laughs) And Death Comes to Pemberley, who's seen that? I've seen it. I've seen it. 
She makes she makes an she makes an adorable Georgiana stunning in that role with yeah. um James Norton and mm-hmm. Cats, which I just, <laughs> just came out like the day before Poldark did season two. Yes, and I that? saw that I saw that when I was uh, visiting Sparks in Cambridge uh, a couple weeks ago, Ooh. and uh, yeah, it was fantastic. I loved that movie, and she was. She was great. It was great to see her in a a modern uh, film. And, uh, you know, she's got this fantastic arm sleeve of tattoos um, uh, in that show. And it's just sexy and gorgeous and and marvelous. She's terrific. It's really weird seeing, like, an edgy Eleanor Tomlinson. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And her next role is in Loving Vincent, which Mm -hmm. is that film that also stars Aiden Turner and mm-hmm. Ruth, I think um, and it's about um, Vincent van Gogh and it's entirely mm-hmm. illustrated and that will be out I think sometime next year there was yeah. a great there was a great uh, piece on um, I think it was CBS this morning uh, where they were talking about the the production and everything that they have had to do to, in order to to, to bring that film to life, and it was fascinating. Um, right. Alice Cunningham, uh, in one of the uh, Plow Rule episodes, and uh, Delanda, please uh, just don't hurt me for mangling that. Um, <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> right, I guess. <laughs> Crazy American. Um, <laughs> But um, uh, the character of Alice is uh, a marvelous one. It was great to see yeah. uh, see Eleanor uh, tackling a uh, basically a murderer, um, and uh, <laughs> she was she was great. She was great. And um, one of my fanfic uh, buddies has written um, a pairing with. Alice and Philip Lombard from And Then There Were None uh, that's called the, the Killer Queen stories and they're they're fabulous. They're fabulous. Ada Reed, yeah. Um, I was actually just, uh, before we got started uh, with the podcast, watching Silent Witness which um, I really enjoy that show but I'm, I'm a sucker for police procedurals and, and things like that um, and uh, she is playing the wife of a murder suspect and she from what I was able to see I was only able to to watch about three quarters of the first episode and there are two uh, of that uh, she was she was doing it she was doing a great job um, so it was really was really nice to see her in something other than Poldark um, and I haven't seen anything um, that she's done outside of Poldark so it, it's it's great to to see her performing so well um, um, how about you guys I saw her in Death in Paradise, mm-hmm. which is another procedural show that it's set in Saint Marie. Yeah, it was right. She, where's Saint Marie? It's in the Caribbean. Ah, huh? um, nice. It's yeah, it's a murder mystery show set on like a tropical island with a bunch of British people. I think she played a model oh. or something in that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it that well, but that was nice mm-hmm. too. She had really great hair. She has great and all great She's hair in all her roles. Yeah, I haven't seen her. Uh, I've seen one day, but um, I don't remember her 
Yeah, I can't Call remember me. her in one day either. <laughs> I'm like, was she in like the Mexican restaurant or something? I don't know. Or maybe she was somebody's wife. I don't know. Okay. I'm she was hey, in that. Let's, let's make a commitment to try and see some of these other things that she's been in. Like One Day, True Blood Thirst, um, hmm. Toast of London, uh, The Lava Field. Some of these uh, things Jim I've never even East heard. Uh, she does a lot. It looks like she does a lot of TV, uh, a lot of TV work. And so, you know, if you're able to to pick up some of these shows, either on the the viewers that you guys have over in the the UK, or you know, wherever we can scrabble them um, here uh, in the states. I know uh, Silent Witness is on um, Amazon Prime, and uh, so mm. and you can get it there. Although uh, it's not free, you gotta pay for it. Um, mm. But it's, mm-hmm. It's a show that I know that I like, and so I, I really enjoy it. Like <laughs> yeah. Oh, I yeah, I enjoy it quite a bit. So because there's uh, another episode, another couple episodes where uh, Rick Rankin, who is going to play um, Roger Mack in Outlander, uh, has a role in Silent Witness, uh, two episodes in season eighteen, I think it is um, that were incredible. So I try and keep my eyes open for my, my favorite, um, my favorite actors from the UK that, that pop in on that one. Okay. Um, next up. PT. Yay. Um, Inspector Lewis, um, saw her performance on that. That was terrific. Law and order UK. Another one of my favorite procedurals. Um, she was in that and, uh, that was a lot of fun to, to see her in that as well. And I don't remember her in, in the, uh, the movie, uh, in the name of the father. Um, but it's a movie that I've had on my list to, to rewatch for some time because it's such a great movie. So I'm going to keep my eyes open for that. One thing that kind of happened retroactively while I was watching this was I was going, she looks really familiar. Where have I seen her before? And of course, I saw her in the trash 80s movie Highlander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you like Scottish people, I recommend that movie. Although the, the lead actor in that was French. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Lambert. Um, Christopher Lambert. He had two, his, he had like a five head. There was just. Um, yeah, that movie Sorry, is... just wasn't a six head, <laughs> as opposed to a forehead. Forehead for those. Um, yes. Yeah, it's just it's one of the weirdest movies you'll ever see. Yeah, <laughs> but it's adorable. Um, there can be only one. <laughs> um, what else has she been in? Oh yeah, I I also was changing the channel the other day and there was BT on The Coroner, which is a very cute daytime TV series. Um, She's got her accent on in that as well, which is really cute. For some reason there was like a, a werewolf, no wait, like a big cat, random wild panther on the moors and that was the storyline. It's a very strange TV show, but... It also has um, Rory Wilton. He plays the 
pub landlord. This is kind of a blasphemy because this is set in Devon instead of Cornwall. So it's like... <gasps> how dun, do you know? <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. Moving on. Let's see. Gracie O'Brien, the Poldark is her very first role, according to IMDb. And so uh, looking forward to seeing her in uh, additional work um, as time goes by, because I think she'll... She'll do. She'll do a great job. Gabriella See Gabriella Wilde, Wild. who saw her Doctor Who episode. She was a vampire because I didn't watch it. Which which series was it? I I have a, a, a fondness for Tin. So if it was if it was you after remember vampires, uh, like her teeth were like really long. No, it must have been during um Matt during oh, Matt yeah, Matt Smith. I just googled the okay. images. Yes, Matt okay. is standing there. Um, and she's also in Centrinians Two, which I watched on a plane and cannot remember. She was great. Like half of England has been in those movies, and the new version of the Three Musketeers, which came out a few years ago. Um, that I again can't really remember very well, but she looked very beautiful in that. Um, it has what's his face in it off of. Percy Jackson. Oh, yeah. That kid. That looks yeah, yeah, yeah. She's mm-hmm. also in a remake of Carrie. Yeah. It, that was not a good movie. And she was also I, in Endless Love, which is... Is that a remake? What, Carrie? Of the original? Or Endless Love? No, no, no. Endless Love. Is that, was there... I've only watched the one Endless Love. Let me Google it. Okay, but I seem there, to remember there I Googled was, it, there was and there one. was an 80, 1981 movie called Endless yes. Love. Yes. Um, yeah. It's probably I know you guys were you guys were what twinkles in your 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 mom and dad's eyes at that point. Eighty one. I wasn't born until nineteen ninety. So. Oh God! I mean, I was an early nineteen ninety baby, but still, like, not even a thing. <sighs> um, <sighs> but just stab me in the heart. <laughs> the new I was graduating of- high school. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. And I think she also plays a homeless. A homeless in a um in a movie called uh, Squatters, I think. What? Like she... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like. Um... But can I just tell yeah, everybody? Pretty... Don't watch Endless Love. It's not a good movie. It makes you want to like. Oh my god, it's so bad. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, yeah, move on. I'm putting it down on my list. I really like the actors <laughs> in it, but it's just. It's, I think the plot is terrible and really dated. And now I know why, because it was based on an 80s novel. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> uh, don't watch that movie. Okay, who's next? Caroline Blakiston? Caroline Blakiston? Blakiston. Is that how you pronounce her name? Yeah, probably. Um, who is on Agatha, and I can't believe that we didn't talk about Aunt Agatha in our character <laughs> discussion. Let's just oh, we love her and she's amazing. Oh my god, she's yeah. magnificent. And shame on us. Yeah, we suck. Um, shame! What have you guys seen her in? Return of the Jedi. Duh. Because, yeah. She still looks exactly the same and it's been like... <laughs> oh my god. She's so memorable in that. <laughs> as soon as you go She's to so t- good. Um, for those of you who aren't as up to up to date on your Star Wars knowledge. Shame. Shame. 
but she <laughs> is the woman at the end who hands people medals. She's also in The Line of Beauty. I've never seen that. Um, mm-hmm. Holby City, which I have seen, um, but I don't, can't remember her being in it. Poirot again. Like, the whole cast has been in an Agatha Christie novel. <laughs> <laughs> she also had a role in Father Brown, um, which is a murder mystery show where a clergyman solves crime. Michelle, go forth and watch that show. I shall. And she's also been on Casualty, which is like soapy ER for the UK. Like, everybody's been on Casualty. So, obviously, I can't remember that. Uh, let's see. Now we have our fave, Ruby Bento. Okay. And um, I know you've seen her. I, I think we've both seen her in The Paradise and Lark Rise to Candleford. I love Lark Rise to Candleford. And I'm obsessed with The Paradise. Uh, yeah, that's a great show. It's a um, great show. Has Jekyll and Hyde been out? I, I thought that it was on, or I might be getting this mixed up with like Great Expectations or something like that. Wasn't it on at Christmas last year? No. 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 Okay. No, I don't actually know. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember last Christmas. It was an ITV show, so I can't tell oh, okay. you if it was on okay. or not. She's in it. But yeah, yeah. Lark, Lark Rise to Candleford is the first thing that I ever saw her in, and uh, I thought she was absolutely adorable in that. And uh, when I saw that she was going to be in Poldark, I was thrilled because I really enjoy her acting. I think she's terrific. She always gets stuck with like these like spinstery roles. Yeah. Yeah, she also plays Mary Bennett in Lost in Austin. Finish typecast! <laughs> you got to say that. Oh, of, all, <laughs> of all the spinsters, um, Verity's a good one. Very much I so. Don't know who she yeah. played in Robin Hood because that show looked silly to me. Or what Tormented is. But I'm hoping she's not playing a spinster in it. What was Mr. Turner? Oh, was that the the film with um, Timothy Spall? The film about uh, Turner, the painter. Uh-huh. It, that is supposed to actually be a really, really good film. Um, I know that he was nominated for, I think he was nominated for a Golden Globe. I saw her in a very short film with um, Luke Norris called uh, Dead Meat. And um, it's a very, very sad short film because they play this couple. They're expecting a baby, but then she loses it. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Just break my heart, why don't you? I don't need yeah, to but, see her sad. Yeah, but they look adorable no. together. <laughs> That's a very weird couple. They, they would be really cute together. Crystal Laity plays Margaret. Who's watched Endeavor? I have. Nope. Do you remember her in it? No, I don't. <laughs> and I also watched uh, Mr. Selfridge, and I don't remember her in that either. Um, Inspector Lewis, like, this is another... It's another crime show. I'm just failing on all accounts today. Um, Sally Dexter, who plays Mrs. Chenoweth. Just like looking over her Wikipedia today, I realized that I saw her in the Spice Girls musical Viva Forever. <laughs> what? <laughs> she played, I think, one of the... Viva Forever is like basically about a girl group who go on to like, X Factor or like American Idol, like a rip-off of that. Um... So she plays one of the judges. She was... I, I remember her now that, like, I got the, the jog of my memory came back, and she was really funny in that. 
that was a trash musical, and if it ever gets revived, don't buy tickets. You're you're saving us from ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Sabrina Bartlett. She had a very very minor role in um, Game of Thrones. So ah, yeah. Who played okay. Karen? Okay. I mean, Sabrina. I'm surprised I haven't had a minor role in Game of Thrones. Like, all of England has been involved at some point. <sighs> Pretty much. So, shall we dive into our questions? Yes. Yeah. Again, guys, thank you for sending us questions because we mm-hmm. love questions. So, our first question is from Anonymous. Hello, I'm sure you'll be discussing Elizabeth in your upcoming podcast discussion about the women of the show. She's definitely not my favorite character, but I can't help feeling sorry for her because her life is kind of pathetic. She doesn't make great decisions, but it seems like she's never really had any good options. What would you say she should do or should have done to make her life and the life of those around her easier and better? Whew, well, move to Devon. That's a pretty packed question. Oh my god. <laughs> move yep. to Devon. Oh my god. Uh, well, you know, I think if she had ignored her mother's um, comment about, you know, kid, Ross not showing up immediately uh, mm. to talk to her. If she'd ignored that and done what it appeared she was about to do, which was to get on her horse and go over and talk to him. Um, I don't know what she was going to do. Guess. She was going to stand next to her window and wait. Oh, that's what she does. If, if, if she had made the decision to go and talk to him, this whole thing would never have happened. How happy the two of them would have been together is a, is a whole nother question. Um, but you know, d- d- her problem is, is that she never could make up her mind. And when she did, the decisions that she made were tragic. I've got a different set of advice for her. I think like a little bit jumping off. Of no. All right. I'm going to be quite nice. I think a lot of her problem comes down from her lack of experience and options in the world. I think instead of marrying Francis, she should have gone to London and had a season and met like 20 other men mm-hmm. and picked like she, if she had a bit more experience and knowledge yeah. of the world. She could have seen that she shouldn't be hung up on Ross and she should mm-hmm. pick some, somebody that isn't his cousin to marry because dear lord that was a bad idea. That's that's good. I know, right? That's there really are more good. than just cold arcs in the world. Right? <laughs> That's true. I could solve all of her life problems if she would just listen to me. There you go. None of this would happen. Next okay. Question. Next question is from uh, Decision A Decision Attorney MSB3. Um, I am biased against Elizabeth because I think she is incredibly selfish and shallow. I think that she wanted Ross to love her and to choose her, but I never got the feeling that she loved him. She certainly did not seem to have the deep love that Demelza had for Ross. What do you think? I do think Elizabeth loved her son, but I don't think she ever really loved any man. Not sure if she was capable of it because it requires selflessness. Your thoughts? Hmm. That was harsh. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, I think that's a it's it's a great question um, on whether or not what she felt for Ross was what we see 
manifesting itself with Demelza and her feelings about Ross. Um, you know, I think that um, Ross makes a comment in season one where he says Elizabeth was born to be admired. And I think that that is um, what Elizabeth wanted from him most assuredly was his admiration. Um, whether she would ever able, wh whether she would ever be able to um, be a, a partner to Ross is entirely up in the air. Um, I don't think she would have managed Nampara well um, because that there's a hell of a lot of hard work that had to go into maintaining that place. Um, I don't think that she would have uh, handled uh, Ross's uh, attentions, uh, shall we put it that way? Um, <laughs> um, because he strikes me as a very passionate uh, man who would have expectations <laughs> uh, for his uh, wife. Um, and not that um, I think that he would wind up forcing himself on her, but um, I think that um, I don't think she had the same passion for him um, or that or if she did, it would have extended beyond the, the first few times. Yeah, um, when uh, you say I do think Elizabeth loved her son, but I don't think she ever really loved any man. I agree because um, people say that she loved Ross and she may have loved him at some point. But um, I think uh, even after she married George, the fact that she let George like move into Trenwith when she knows that Trenwith is like the uh, polar legacy, like she could have asked him like, no, don't do it. But uh, she didn't say anything. So again, that really shows that she doesn't have a, a voice for herself and... Um, Mm -hmm. Um, Elizabeth. I feel like if she's not capable of falling in love with George, who is a person that I think is the best match for her and the most suited for her temperament, then to me, I'm not sure that she's capable of falling in love with any man. Um, the relationship she has with the men is just not indicative of that she's been taught to seek them out for protection and to provide her with things sort of like a father figure more than an equal relationship she doesn't seek any kind of emotional back and forth in romantic relationships she's very internalized and self-sufficient in that respect so she's unable to give that part of herself to anyone and it even left George feeling emotionally unfulfilled in that marriage. So I just wonder if she's even capable of it. Uh, next question is from Scented Glitter Sheep. Uh, this is regarding Demelza and Elizabeth in Series mm -hmm. 2. Uh, based on the books, I found it difficult to believe that Demelza would, one, during the Bodman trial, confess to Elizabeth that she was with child, and two, in Episode 10, confront Elizabeth and tell her she... Uh, was welcome to Ross, and three, 
make a plan to return to her father's house, a man who had abused her as a child. These three departures from the book may have made for effective drama, but it just seems so out of place in terms of a fierce and proud Demelza. Uh, really good points. Um, and um, like I mentioned earlier, I think that the confession to Elizabeth about her pregnancy was something that was more of a um, excited utterance um, that, uh, you know, she had just herself realized that that what she was feeling was uh, the the first um, was the first inkling that she had uh, that she was with child, um, and Elizabeth comes upon her very suddenly after that, and so I think with all of the emotion going on with the trial and and the only moment uh, before discovery of her pregnancy, it was just something that slipped out. It wasn't something that she intended. Uh, to share. Um, as far as number two, um, I thought it was kind of awesome that she went and confronted Elizabeth and basically said, I'm tired of both of you. You're welcome to him. Um, because it was something that I really had wanted to, to see happen uh, in the books. Uh, but, um, again, that's my own, like, overdramatic self. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and as far as number three, um, I don't think that she had any other real option in her mind at the time. Um, in the books, as you'll remember, both of the painters had been kicked out of the, um, out of Nampara, and, uh, so Demelza's plan was to go and stay with Prudy uh, that first night and then figure out where to go after that. Um, since the, the painters were still um, uh, serving at Nampara, obviously they couldn't go with that option. Uh, but, you know, I think that Demelza in that moment had very limited options. Um, ultimately, I think she would have... Um, left her father's house once she'd been able to figure out where she wanted to go. Um, but that initial escape, her father, um, I don't think she had much of a choice. Ladies, what do you think? I agree that um, I don't think that the, the, the Melza in the books would have actually um, gone back to her father. I think she would have rather like um, tried and find a place, a safe place, kind of, even like stay with Dwight. Because I stick with her with Dwight, but um, <laughs> and um, and uh, yeah, and uh, especially the confrontation with Elizabeth. I actually thought this was a great um addition, um, in the episode, <clears throat> except for the part when uh, she said, that, uh, "You're welcome to him," but we knew that she didn't mean it, and. Uh, <laughs> Do we think that Elizabeth would have actually dared to like go to Ross? Like your wife has gone, so I'm here. <laughs> no, she wouldn't have. She, she wouldn't. She have. wouldn't have done that. No, she wouldn't. So, have. Um, I mean, you know, she would have gone and waited at the window. Okay. <clears throat> Next question from Amanda Prescott. Hello, girl. Demelza's purposeful disobedience of sexual norms at the time and how it affects her life is quite fascinating. I can't be a slut. I am Ross's woman. From Ross Paldoric is my favorite line in the entire series. 
Do you believe there is a difference between the show and the books when it comes to the portrayal of slut shaming or celebrating her? Ooh. Absolutely. How? I think so. How is it different? Well, they didn't, of course, use that line. Um, and I think, you know, we saw an instance of. Uh, how they manage with slut shaming in uh, series two when um, she has her encounter with uh, Margaret at the Bedregan Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, although I I personally think that that Margaret wouldn't have been bothered by it because Margaret basically outed herself as a sexually liberated woman, um, but. I think that the word slut back in the 18th century had a different connotation from what it does now. It does. Mm-hmm. So I could be completely talking out of my ass. Um, <laughs> Do you happen to have that, you have that definition? I mean, I could Google it, but I think it means like it was also synonym for like slovenly... Ah, yes. And, like, lazy... The question originally was about, like, Demelza's own attitude towards her own sexuality. And I think there might be mm-hmm. a sense of hypocrisy within, with her regards to other women. Mm-hmm. But when she's saying, I can't be a slut, I think that that's more in regards to she feels like she belongs to one person, one person alone, and she's not, mm-hmm. like... Slung it up around the county. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I'm sorry, I but can earlier, I ask where this line is from? Uh, the line is actually from uh, the first book, Ross Poldark. And oh, it's, okay. it's when she, uh, Elizabeth has come dragon, to the yeah. house. Um, Elizabeth has come to the house and uh, they have their little uh, kind of confrontation, for lack yeah. of a better term. And I think that that Demelza is uh, thinking about how judged she was Mm. by Elizabeth. And she says, I can't be a slut. I'm Ross's woman. Originally, the Bluebell lines was a much Mm. more of a put down like. Uh, That they were going to to fade and wilt um, that implying that, you know, Ross is going to grow tired of you. Um, and uh, so that's that's what that's referring to. So I guess uh, in the TV show, Demelza mm-hmm. slut-shames more and Elizabeth slut-shames less. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I found it. It is on page 280. She, she returned Ross's gaze and glanced with wide eyes at Elizabeth. Then she muttered an apology and turned to withdraw. This is Delmelza, of whom you've heard me speak, Ross said. This is Mistress Elizabeth Poldark. Two women, he thought, made of the same substance, earthenware and porcelain. Elizabeth thought, oh God, so there is something between them. Ross has often mentioned you to me, my dear, she said. Demelza thought, she is one day too late, just one day. How beautiful she is, how I hate her. She then, gla- then she glanced at Ross again, and for the first time, like the stab of a treacherous knife, it occurred to her that Ross's desire for her the previous night was a flicker of empty passion. 
All day she had been too preoccupied with her own feelings to spare time for his, but she could see so much in his eyes. Thank you, ma'am, she said with horror and hatred in her fingertips. Can I get you anything, sir? Ross looked at Elizabeth. Reconsider your decision and take tea. It would be made in a few minutes. I must go. Thank you all the same. What pretty bluebells you've picked. Would you like them, Demelza said. You can have them if you like. That's kind of you, Elizabeth's gray eyes flickered around the room just once more. This is her doing, she thought. Those curtains. I thought Prudy wouldn't have the idea to hang them so, and the velvet draping on the saddle. Ross would never have thought of that. I came by horse, though, and unhappily could not carry them. Keep them yourself, my dear, and thank you for the kind thought. I'll tie them up for you and loop them over the saddle, Demelza said. I'm afraid they would droop. See, they're drooping already. Bluebells are like that. Elizabeth picked up her gloves and crop. I can't come here again, she thought. After all this time, and now it's too late. Too late for me to come here. I must call. You must call and see Uncle Ross. He often asks for you. Hardly a day goes by. I'll be over next week, he said. They went to the door, and Ross helped her to mount her horse, which she did with that particular grace of her own. Demelza had not followed them, but watched while seeming not to watch from the window. She is slenderer than me, she thought, even though she's had a child, skin like ivory, never done a day's work. She is a lady, and Ross is a gentleman, and I am a slut, but not last night, not last night. The memory of it swelled up in her. I can't be a slut. I'm Ross's woman. I hope she gets fat. I do hope and dearly pray she gets fat and catches the pox and her nose drips and her teeth fall out. Oh, the poor thing. And you have to remember that 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 when she when this scene takes place, you know, she is I think she's still sixteen. Mm. 16 or 16 or 17 she's 17 yeah because she registers her yeah she just turned 17 and they'd registered her age as 18 when they got married which was in anticipation of the fact by three quarters of a year (laughs) so so you know she's you know just 17 just a, a a young girl and uh you know to to be faced with this elegant lady um, who she knew was Ross's first love the day after uh, making love to him for the first time. I, you know, the, the of course she wishes for her teeth to fall out and then she gets fat. 17-year-old <laughs> <laughs> me just like locked themselves in the bathroom and then cried for half the day. So, um, last question. Mm-hmm. From Dorothy Jack. Uh, all hail Queen Demelza. I love Eleanor's Demelza. Insert plethora of acting accolades. Yeah. Um, Ada did did all she could with what she had to work with as Elizabeth. Um, isn't meant to be a fully fleshed out character, but a foil to Demelza. Um, and that's very true. Um, adore Prudy and Aunt A. I truly enjoy your podcast and the multinational perspective and insights. You ladies make me laugh and think. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that that Hayda did um, everything that she could with a, a character who was uh, more formed out than she was in the books, but still, 
unfortunately, not that much there to play. Really, I don't think. Now it's time for the holiday giveaway. We've been overwhelmed by the positive response to the podcast. You guys have been fantastic. And we want to thank you guys for the support. So to celebrate this holiday season, we're going to be doing a giveaway. Yay! Yay. Yes! And that includes two sets of prizes on offer. So there will be two lucky winners. First prize is the book The World of Poldark by Emma Marriott. The official 2017 Poldark calendar. The Poldark coloring book. A paperback copy of Jeremy Poldark. Paperback copy of Warleggen. Written, of course, by Winston Graham. The second prize package uh, comes to us graciously from Andy Rose. Um, he has graciously donated uh, a signed copy of his book, When Poldark Came to Corsham, a 2017 Poldark art calendar, um, uh, four greeting cards, um, and two uh, Poldark fridge magnets. So, how do people enter this contest? Okay, so you guys, if you want to participate, to enter, you must be over 18. You can live anywhere in the world, which is awesome. And you, also, you must be comfortable with giving us your full name and mailing details which just collected so we can send you guys your gifts. So, how to enter? That's pretty simple. You must reblog or retweet this episode, episode 11 of the podcast, on Tumblr or on Twitter, your pick. Other episode shares will not be counted as an entry, and likes won't count either. You will find the Tumblr post on the top of our page at polduckpodcast.tumblr.com and the tweet will be pinned at the top of our Twitter page at polduckpodcast. You have seven days to enter this competition. All entries must be in by the 9th of December 2016, 10pm Greenwich Mean Time. Uh, the winners will be selected at random and contacted immediately so we can try and get you your prizes in time for Christmas. Um, and if you have any questions, feel free to contact us in the usual places. Lastly, we'd like to thank our wonderful sponsors, Danilo, Andy Rose, and Pan McMillan for helping us provide you with these wonderful goodies. We will put some links up to their products on the blog. And if you're a Poldark fan, then you will absolutely love their products. They are the perfect holiday gifts for the Poldark fan in your life. And you should check them out and support the show. Yay! Yes. That's all from us for this episode. Thank you guys for listening and messaging us your questions. We really appreciate it. Our next episode is going to be about the men of Poldark. So feel free to message us or tweet us with your questions on the subject, either at Poldark Podcast on Twitter or poldarkpodcast.tumblr.com. And remember to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Woman, woman, got a whole lot of nerve, she the flame in the fire Woman, woman, she's a lover and a fighter and a king and a mother Woman, woman, turn a boy to a man, build a whole empire That woman got a story with a halo standing in her glory Woman, 
woman Take a trip to the moon on the curves of her body Woman, woman One hand on her pussy and the other on her Harley Woman, woman She could dance all night, make your coffee in the morning That woman, she from Venus Don't play around, baby, she a genius Of all trades, put the money on the counter. Woman, woman, she's the balls and the brains. No, don't you ever doubt her. Woman, woman, got a finger on the trigger and she coming for the power. That woman, she's a dangerous, so holy like she's covered in that angel dust.